welcome to another edition of Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. Wow, 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 wow. You know what? I always love interviewing these people who are from, from outside the industry because what I realize is, is sometimes within the real estate industry, we're so focused of, you know, what's, what does the real estate industry need and blah, 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 and let's go internally and so forth. But it's not until you step outside the industry and looking at what other industries are doing, what other movers and shakers and leaders in different industries are doing. And that's why I've got on this, this amazing guest today. Kalantha Chan is, is all about helping those in the, in the retail space grow and lead uh, superstar teams, which really provides that amazing customer service, which results in, in those creating of raving fans of customers that come back and repeatedly buy from you. And the reason why I've got on Kalantha is, is to really understand her process and her methodology and looking at ways that we can utilize that information, those gold nuggets of wisdom, and really how do we then implement that within your own business. So let's get her on the line. Kalantha, really great to have you and, and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, James. I'm so, wow, you, <laughs> I think you definitely oversold what I do. That was such a humble introduction. So thank you so much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So let's, let, let, let's get a little bit of a snapshot, a bit of a journey on how you got to, to where you are today. Because, you know, we, we, we spoke a little while ago and your story, I was captivated by your story. I was captivated by, you know, the lessons that you've learned along the way. That's why, like, you know what, I've got to get you on the podcast, got to get you to share this, these experiences and the wealth of knowledge. So share with the audience, how, what, what's the journey been so far? Mm, so as you um, may know, James, I've recently done a bit of a pivot in the business where the focus is now supporting retail teams. But before that, so how that sort of came about, I guess I've spent my whole life in retail. Ten years ago, I started off at Glory Jeans, you know, making ice on a Tim Tam shakes for customers. Um, and then over the next ten years, I was, you know, at Optus in sales. I worked at NAV as a bank teller. I actually studied law and. With Asian parents, I think what they really wanted for me for my whole life was to become a lawyer, the first lawyer in the family. And I think I like, <laughs> unfortunately, I was I disappointed them because I did that for seven years. And then I was like, this is not for me. Um, because I think what's really common now in this generation, this millennial age is so many kids are just unsure of what their passion is. And for me, about five years ago, that's when I started questioning, what is my passion? Because it's not the law, but I don't know what is. So about five years ago, I helped my family start a gelato business. And I think that to me is where coaching began because unknowingly I recruited all these teams. Well, I did that knowingly, recruited them, trained them, but I had no idea what life coaching was at the time. Um, but for me, one of the pivotal moments was this, one of the guys we trained, Leon, he was probably 17 at the time. Um, when we first trained him, he was one of the most timid, shy boys I'd ever met, but he had like a really generous heart. Like he was like super loyal, super committed. And I just remember six months in, one night, Friday night, busiest night of trade, he was like, hey, Cal, can I like go and pause tonight? Like, can I serve? And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I just, I just really love customers. And I was like, yes, Leon, yes, absolutely, of course. And to see him transform in such a relatively short period of time, 
it just, it reminded me that, wow, we've actually got so much potential in every, every one of us as human beings that I actually started to wonder, I wonder if this whole thing of building people up, is this like a full-time career? Can I actually do this without being a store manager? Um, and that's where I stumbled into coaching. I worked at Coles actually for a year because I was still in search of what is it that I do, what I do. And then about two years ago, I started up my own coaching business. So initially it was helping people to find their passion. Um, since then, I worked at a coaching school as a mentor and then I started coaching beginner life coaches because you probably know the stats on this, James, but I reckon like 3% of life coaches actually make it. And when I say make it, I mean sustainably run a business like three years in. Like, would you agree with that? So true. And, 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 and it's looking at, okay, what's the, why firstly are they, they in that realm? Obviously there's a big need to, to serve and, and to give back and to, and to help. But, you know, and I see this with so many types of businesses is they're great at the technical skills. They're great at that, you know, that service or that product offering. You know, I see this in real estate all the time, but when it comes to running a business, that's a whole different set of skills and different hats that we need to wear. So totally, yeah. totally agree with that, with what you said. And yeah, totally spot on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you totally hit And I think particularly with coaches, it was they had a passion to make a difference in people's lives, but they didn't understand marketing. They didn't understand sales. And to be honest, there were so many different marketing strategies that they were just overwhelmed. So I spent the past year, I, I founded this program called the 10K Elite Squad, where it was helping them to actually nail their niche and get to their first 10K month. And we've been doing that and that's been great. But then I started to realize I really miss the end customer. Because I think the awesome thing about retail is you get to experience them. Um, and like customers don't lie. They're brutally honest. And when I reflect back on the, the, the service, the, the quality of customer experience at the moment being delivered in re like food retail, I walked to Chadston just two days ago. It is not where I think it needs to be. Um, there just isn't care. There's a lot of doing and yeah. implementation. And I think you'll probably get that in the real estate space. Very outcomes focused on the sales results. But it's like, hey, how much do your clients actually feel taken care of by you? Do yeah. they talk about you? That's so true. And, and I relate that to, as you said, is, is that outcome focus and uh, as a transaction. Mm. And, and I see this very much within the real estate, but also, you know, my wife has worked in the hospital system as, as a midwife yeah. and I call it becoming institutionalized. And what I'm, what, what I'm, what I mean by that is because, you know, you look at giving birth or you're looking at dealing in a, in a high ticket sale, like real estate is a high emotional element. Even in retail, when you purchase something, there's that emotional connection. And I think where the, where you've said spot on is people, particularly on the service front, they, 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 they don't put themselves in the customer service experience and they don't put themselves in, and, and really knowing that relationship and knowing that emotional touch point of you know let's as you said bring back the care factor because yeah it's yeah. Totally, totally missing in, in so many different customer service chains uh, and processes out there yeah the number one thing that's hugely missing i i actually think james that it comes back to because i think that customers are a reflection of the salesperson and the salesperson the team member is a reflection of their leader 
And mm. I don't think it's necessarily team members lack focus or vision or passion or motivation. I actually think they just often don't feel cared for enough because if they felt taken care of, you, like you can walk into a family, you can walk into two families, one family where it's filled with love and you're like, oh my goodness, like people just listen. Everyone's so patient, compassionate, understand. And you can walk into another one where everyone's yelling at each other. There's anger, there's animosity, there's uh, like jealousy and all of that stuff. And you can already tell having studied human behavior that their kids and their kids' kids are going to be a mirror reflection of, unless there's someone out there to actually break their belief system, yep. their kids' kids are just going to be a reflection of what the family values have been like for generations in the past. So true, so true. And you think about how often that people are spending time at work. You know, a lot of people are spending more time at work than they are with a family. So if you paint that into context, as you said, where, you know, the reflection of your, your parents and kids and so forth, but you're spending more time at work. Well, well who's the leader? What, 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 what values and beliefs are they bringing through to, to the organization? And I think what you've mentioned is so true. So, so take that into consideration. What are you noticing about, let's talk about leadership on that front. Yeah. What is, what is leadership to you? And, and from your experience of what you've noticed out in the industry and dealing with many leaders, what, what, generates a, a great leader how does someone become a great leader um so i think in terms of what makes someone a great leader is the ability to build others up to be leaders it's kind of seeing the unseen and bringing that out in other people mm. but not needing to take the spotlight um i think what makes a great leader is actually humility and generosity um, because for me, one of the biggest challenges for a long time was thinking that even as I started out my own business to be successful is I needed to appear that I had all my stuff together all the time. Um, and it's so challenging because when that, when pride is your number one value, unknowingly, like you're self-focused and when you're self-focused, you don't give yourself room to learn or to ask questions or to actually respond with, I don't know. Um, and if you're, if you're exuding pride, then you're teaching your team that they also need to have their stuff together all the time and that they can't be vulnerable. Um, so for me, one of the biggest, most important traits of being a leader is actually leading by example and leading humility, Mm. vulnerability by example. Oh, I love that V word. Oh, (laughs) can we talk about that more? Because I think it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment and people are like, oh, vulnerability. What does that mean? Talking feelings and stuff like that. What does it mean? Share share with us. What what does it Uh, mean? For me, it's actually, it's honestly sharing what's going on for you right now. Um, Because I know that, because this is, Maybe for you, this was a while ago now because you've been in business for so long, James. But for me, it's still, and for my clients, I know that it's definitely still real. Um, I remember in my first 18 months of business, there was so much um, shame and guilt that was bubbling up inside of me that I wasn't even aware of and how it played out. Because remember, I had my pride and ego hat on. So... I was, it wasn't shame, no way. I've just got a lot of things I need to deal with. Gosh, I'm trying to run a business here, Jesus. (laughs) 
But it was things like I constantly was striving for sales outcomes. How many clients do I want to get? And when I started a conversation with someone at a networking event, it was kind of like, how's business? But secretly, I wanted to know how their sales results are going, as opposed to just, how are you doing? Like, and wanting to build a relationship. Um, Emotional eating was a massive one that I just kept under wraps for a long time because I was like, I'm here coaching other people to be coaches. I can't let them know that I've got emotional eating issues, which is actually so common amongst women particularly. Um, Or even just the fact that I needed support from my family. Like every time they asked me how's business, I felt like, yep, everything's really good. But to be honest, I just wanted, you know, sometimes, and I trust that you'll appreciate this, but sometimes I just needed mum to be like, just to cry and for her to come up to me and be like, what do you need? You don't have to say anything. You can, if you want, if you don't, I'm going to be here. If you do, I'm here to listen. I love you. Like even to this, and it's, it's a challenging thing because our parents are always doing the best that they can with what they know. We're doing the best that we can with what we know. And for me, one of the most, um, one of my, biggest lessons and I'm so grateful for this and it was also super challenging was actually improving my relationship with myself and with my family and as that improved it just had a a beautiful ripple effect in my business Mm. um but it really required me to put away the the ego and just be like I need help yep yeah so true so true you know I, I, interesting story of, you know, segue of what you've said just there is, is I interviewed a, a successful property developer this morning and he's saying, you know, the more that you work on yourself, the, the, the better your business will grow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about, you know, working on yourself, working on, you know, your education and surrounding yourself with, with smarter people that's going to, to, going to, to, to help you and guide you and push you. Yeah. You know, just coming back to that vulnerability, it's the more you can show your scars the, and, and the stories because with every story, there's, a, there's obviously a metaphor and a message that you can actually draw upon. And I used to, in all my presentations, is you know, how, how thankful I was my, my parents divorcing when I was five because the lessons mm-hmm. I took from that I have now brought into the business today. And also the failure of, of, of one of my businesses when, you know, I lost a, a stack of cash and I had to tell all, all our clients were closing the doors. So drawing mm-hmm. upon that vulnerability and those experiences can really help you to grow as a, as a person, as a, as a leader, but also to share, hey, we're, hey we're, we're real. It's like, you know, we're, we're flesh and blood like everyone else. Yeah. If you talk about, let's, let's segue into, into teams, right? Because... Leadership is, is obviously, as you said, is, it's about the vulnerability, it's the humility, it's leading by example. It's talking about developing these teams, though. What do you feel that is, uh, are different ways and how do we develop these, these championship teams? From your experience, what have you noticed? What can you share with the audience? I think, first and foremost, you need to know, um, you need to know what your vision is for not only your business, but actually your life. Because I think your business vision needs to tie in with your life vision. Um, Because I need to, like for me, a great outcome, how I measure a successful team is, if I can go up to a team member and actually say, you know, why are you here? 
and for their reason for being here is aligned with the company vision and they know what the company vision is, that's a good start. That's not, that's not the be all and end all, but that's a really good start. They need to know why they're here. Um, and I also want to know how do they want to, how do they see themselves contributing in the organization? Because it needs to be a mutual win-win. Um, I, what I see a lot of is the, um, the business owner being like, Hey, you, you as the, you as the staff, they call it staff. I'm like, oh gosh, that word, stop it. But you as the staff owe me, like you have a responsibility here, but it's almost like it's a one-way relationship. It's like I pay you so you do a job. But I'm actually more like, how do I, how do I help you achieve your life vision and mm. how do you help me to achieve my business vision as well? Because I think the thing is if you genuinely care about them in their development, People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. So if they know that I care about their life vision as much as they do, they probably won't want to leave because it's quite rare to find a leader or an organization to be a part of where your, 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 your leader is like, hey, what are, your, what are your goals and how can we help you to get there? Um, how's your family going? Like, that's like, I think a really, really rare question. So that's why for me, the vision for the retail space is actually build communities and families within brands. Because if you can build a family within your brand where they treat each other like brothers and sisters, like, I know that seems like a stretch, but that's my vision. Like, why would they ever want to leave? Um, they probably wouldn't. Because, you know, what you've said, oh, it just rings so true and, it's a great for the audience out there listening. It's a great process to, to, you know, probably not the business owner, but to get someone else in to, to ask you those questions uh, is why are you here and, and what's the vision of the business and what's your role in that to play that. I love those questions because that really gives you a good, I, I guess, a gap analysis of, of where you're at and where you need to work on, on developing these high-performing teams. So love yep. it, love it, love it. If you look at if you look at your your journey, who are some of the the mentors that you've you know you've you've been in contact with that you've used their material that have really shaped you to where you are today? Mm, awesome, such a good question. So I know that when I first started out in my business journey, because as as a Christian, I was like I'm new to the faith, so I only became a Christian about about a year and a half ago. And so to try and reconcile, so when that happened, my values, my personal values completely shifted. And then I was entering business where I'd come from a, an environment where it was very, um, sales was a bad thing. It was very icky. Um, so trying to develop a positive relationship with money, sales and business has been an awesome journey. But trying to reconcile faith and business together I was like, I need some mentors to like speak <laughs> into my life. So who do I look to? So Rick Warren, um, have you, so Rick Warren is a pastor in the States. He's also sold this book called um, The Purpose Driven Life. One of the most, like one of the best sellers in the world. So I knew that he was good in business if he'd been able to sell so many books. So I refer to a lot of his sermons um, John Maxwell. Have you come across John Maxwell? Yep. Yep. He's like an incredible leadership coach and such a humble, gracious man. Um, a lot of these mentors for me have been virtual um, and I've read a lot of their books and listened to their sermons. 
he is awesome because he his passion is building up leaders who multiply other leaders. Um, he's been a huge influence. There's Brendan Bashad, who's all that high performance. Have you heard of him? Yeah, <laughs> yep. love it, love it, love it. <laughs> and some other ones would um, honestly pastors from church because I'm like, how? And, and this was my, I, I guess, a better question for me to answer would be, what did I look for in a leader? Um, before I decided to study the material because nice question. Um, I think it's I think you need to be so intentional about what you consume your time with because for a long time I followed schools of thought and there's so many different schools of thought I followed certain schools of thought because I was lacking my own self-worth and yep. my own self-trust and I just bought into them and it felt incongruent, but at the time, it was the thing that I trusted the most. So I believed in it. And because I wasn't intentional about what values were important and what were good and what weren't, um, that has been a huge challenge for me to overcome. But what I look for specifically are people who have developed awesome communities. So I look at people's, their results. So the clients and the people in their community, are they loving? Are they like generous? Are they humble? Um, and if they are, and are they a person of integrity and someone that's honest and trustworthy? For me, they're, they're, they're it. And if people can rave about the leader, I'm like, okay, there's something right about this person. All right, let's actually study what the material is. So, yeah. yeah fantastic. Love it. Love, oh, that's so good. Well, if you talk about, um, if you were to give three pieces of advice to the listeners in relations to your area of expertise, what would those three pieces of advice be? The first one would be um, to be a curious learner. So know what industry you know, know what it is that you want to stand for. So I know that for me, it's now leadership and like customer experience. So then I want to look for leaders in this area and be a curious learner. I want to study the fudge out of them. I want to pick their brains. I want to ask great questions because success leaves clues. So, and I'm cool with not being the smartest person in the room. Like how we met was in a room where I actually reckon I was probably the youngest person there. And I was like, okay, everyone's been in business for decades. And I was like, Great, what can I learn from these guys? These guys are awesome at what they do. I'm gonna just like learn from them. So for me, I remember in my first year, I just interviewed a whole bunch of experts who'd been in business for a decade because I wanted to understand what the first year of business would look like. And mm. that I learned so much from that. So the first one would be be a curious learner. The next one would be be a masterful problem solver for your clients and your customers always because if you can come from the intention of how can i help you like what's the actual problem that's going on for you right now because whatever the customer or the client or even your team gives you that's the service level problem it goes way deeper than that it's kind of like the tree they'll give you the tree but you're like well what do your roots actually look like mm. and when you can understand that and language their hidden fears and desires better than they can they will trust you like no tomorrow like they'll just trust you so much and for me that's what creating a raving fan is it's i've asked 
the right questions and I'm not afraid to ask the right question or ask challenging questions. If they're like, I don't know. I'm like, what if you did? Because I think if you just settle for whatever they give you, you're not being a masterful problem solver and you can't actually help them in a way that they need you. Um, So that's number two. Number three is be grateful for the learnings. Because I think it's so easy to get caught up in the world with the world of wanting the results. But I've had moments where, you know, I made a 36K month and I was still like, I need more. I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't joyful or like thanking God for God. Like seriously, thank you for the blessings. Or even now working with my parents and they're like, one of my first clients in my new portfolio and I'm just like god I'm so grateful that you even gave this to me there is so much learning in this already because I don't I think if you if you miss if you stop being grateful then you're operating out of fear and it's a scary place it's not a very sustainable place to be either um so yeah they would they would be my three Biggest learnings to your listeners. Beautiful, I love those three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, what's what's on the horizon? What's on the what's what does the future hold over the next three, six, twelve months for you, Cal? Yeah. Um, so, the eighteen-month goal is to work with five high-quality clients where they've got two to three stores and really transform their team. And for me, the best reflection of transforming them is increased sales results because results do all the talking. Um, but it's really having their customers talk about them and refer people to their store um, everywhere they go. So that for me is the key focus. We've got a YouTube channel that we're launching as well. We're going to be running weekly trainings. But for me, it's really understanding and really surveying the retail space. So I'll be in a lot of food courts, in a lot of shopping centers, (laughs) doing a lot of mystery shopping. That's what I'm going to be doing. Fantastic. So, how can the how can the, uh, the the listeners find out more about you and and where do, where do I send them? Where do we where do yeah, I? Yeah, awesome. So, guys, jump on over to YouTube and literally type in Colette the Chan. Um, subscribe to our channel. We'll be running weekly Wednesday trainings at nine thirty a.m. Um, and yeah, that's the best way to connect with me because the videos and the trainings that we create are a pure reflection of what you as the market need and want to hear. Um, so if that's the conversation you want to be a part of, join me there. Fantastic. So check it out. Go to YouTube, Kalantha, C-A-L-A-N-T-H-A, Chan, C-H-A-N. Search it in YouTube, subscribe, follow. Fantastic. Really appreciate your energy. Really appreciate your, your pearls of wisdom and uh, your experience. Cal, thank you for being uh, on, on the show today. Oh, you're so welcome. And James, keep doing what you're doing because from the moment I met you, like humility was, that was, if I were to describe you in one word, it was like, you're just humble. Um, And the mission that you're on is awesome. I really can't wait to hear from the other interviewees that you've got on the show as well. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much.